Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. We had some teaching on meditation once. They said when you meditate on a verse, like for just 15 minutes, and let the Lord speak to you, and just focus on Him, you're putting a log on the fire. And next time, you put another log on the fire. And then when the Holy Spirit comes and fans the flame, if you got a lot of logs in the fire, it's a big fire. Come fan that flame, Lord. Okay. I can just see her. Satan with his little pipsqueak voice saying, it's not fair. They don't deserve it. And Jesus says, I know. I know. You don't understand mercy and grace. They're starting to. a kind of a heavy heart here this morning. I mean, it's wonderful praise. The presence of God is here. But I just understand that people are carrying things. There is weight on your shoulders. There is a desire of the Lord to come along and touch your heart. I see some things lifting now. Some people are being set free just by the mere mention. And we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We hope in you, Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the people that are here. Lord, continue to lift, continue to minister, to continue to set free. Father, we, we thank you. Break off the darkness, Lord. Get it off their mind. Get it off their heart. Hallelujah, Lord. Bring comfort. Bring comfort. Bring more comfort, Lord. Bring comfort about the feet and the legs. Hallelujah, Lord. About the inner man, Father, we give you thanks and praise. You're looking there and you're blessing. You're speaking to their heart, Lord. And as the Lord is speaking, uh, take to heart the things that you hope for the things that he would like to fellowship this morning, that he would love to engage you and and find peace in your heart with him, that the hope of that would carry you and be a blessing. Hallelujah. We press into the truth of that word. Thank you, Jerry. Many times the Lord comes in worship and does a beautiful exchange. Takes whatever we're willing to give him and gives us something far, far better. He delivers, he heals. Sometimes we can't put words on it, but we know it happened. The Lord would say, do not disqualify yourself because you're not perfect because there was only one perfect person. There is no stepchildren. If you're born again, you are the sons and daughters of God.
So when I hear Satan accusing and saying, they don't deserve this. I just hear the Lord chuckle. Say, you're so wrong. And what's more is I deserve it. I deserve to be adored. I deserve to be loved more than anything. told Joy for a long time <clears throat> that she was called to be a worship leader. Are you glad <laughs> she finally relented? <laughs> I am. <laughs> mm. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. Hmm. Lord, we thank you for your ways, as your, your ways are to confound the wise. Uh, I think I'm becoming or, or coming to uh, appreciate a little bit <clears throat> the way the Lord likes to wait until things look like they're hopeless, like it can't be done before he does anything <laughs> so that he gets more glory. Um, <clears throat> and as we draw nearer to him, we we can enjoy that process. <laughs> As we, we know, the more hopeless things appear, the closer it is for the time to, to him to act. So, <laughs> Lord, thank you for <clears throat> your ways and, and your wisdom. Your ways are <clears throat> beyond... Finding out, the word says. So by, by observation and experience, we can come to know some of his ways, but we will not fully appreciate them uh, on, on this side of eternity. Hmm. So, uh, last week, we started looking at our core values, and, you know, core values are an important thing for us as individuals to consider, as well as for us as a church body, because there, there come times in life when there's a conflict of values. And one of your values says, do this. And another of your values says, no, we got to do this. And you find out in those times what your core values are. Because <laughs> at that point, you got to do one or the other, and you're going to find out which which one is, is primary and which one's secondary. So when, when we talk about core values, we're talking about the primary values that define who we are as a body. And, and we have those also as individuals. So, uh, <clears throat> and and those, those core values that, that we have as individuals, they, 
they do tend to shift over time, and, and that's, that's intended. Because as we grow nearer to the Lord and we become more surrendered to Him, then our, our values shift and change, and they, they become more consistent with Him and His values and, and less consistent with whatever it is we learned or observed as, as we were growing up. And, and that's, that's, that's a good thing. So uh, I think I made it through four of our core values last week. So I will, I will just state those quickly before going on to, uh, to the others this morning. Our, our highest core value in, in the vineyard and, and in this vineyard is experiencing God, the manifest presence of God. Uh, like, like Moses said, God, if you're not going to go with us, we don't want to go. <laughs> and let, let that be our, our cry. If, God, if we meet and you're not here, then we've wasted our time. We, <laughs> don't, don't ask us to do that like, <clears throat> like Moses. Uh, then the second one, was uh, embracing the theology of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And we want to be, and, and I'm going to speak prophetically over us, we, we are the people, and, and I pray we're not the only people, uh, but we are the people in this city who will bring heaven to earth. That's kingdom theology. That's, that's living it out. Because anywhere we are, the kingdom of heaven can break out right in front of us because God is in us and he's upon us and, and he's with us and the Father is always at work. And Jesus said, I only do what the Father is doing. I only speak what the Father is saying. So we, we try to live with that awareness that, that we are the representative of this other kingdom on the earth and, and that that kingdom may want to just come forth at any time and any place. I, I love some of the stories that, that I hear of the kingdom of God breaking out in places like the grocery store. Uh, I, I heard this story a while ago, but it was somebody from the Bethel School of Ministry was in the grocery store, and uh, I think they asked e the person who was either in front of or behind them if, if they could pray for them, and, and they got healed right there. And then they prayed for the, the person at the checkout stand and, and they got healed. And then that person got on the intercom and, and said, if there's anybody in the store who needs prayer, who needs healing, come to register number five. And <laughs> I mean, that's, that's faith. <laughs> that's, that's what we want to see. So... Uh, yeah, we are the representatives of the kingdom of heaven. We're a reconciling community, and we know from 2 Corinthians 5 that we have been given the ministry of, of reconciliation. Uh, that ministry has been given to us. That stewardship, we, we have that stewardship. We... We can bring the message of, of the gospel to anyone. And, and if they say yes, we, we can see them reconciled to God right in front of us. And that's one of the things that, that I want us to be leaning into <laughs> is seeing that kind of reconciliation happen. 
because the fields are indeed white. Uh, there, there is an increase of hopelessness on the earth. And, and we are the people of hope. And, and we can even use that increasing hopelessness to open doors for the gospel and, and for the kingdom of heaven to break in. Just starting conversations. Boy, what do you think of the presidential race? I mean, that, that could go so many places. <laughs> but we can steer it into a good place. <laughs> that Man, I, I have no hope uh, in the Democratic Party. I have no hope in the Republican Party. But I have hope. Oh, really? What do you mean? <laughs> Are you a libertarian? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not what I mean. Yeah, my hope is, is in a greater kingdom, uh, an eternal kingdom, a kingdom that will cover the earth, that will reign on the earth, supreme, and there will actually be justice. Yeah, <laughs> so try that. <laughs> you know, this, this week, Saturday, is Global Outreach Day. And I, I mentioned this last week. So millions of believers around the whole world will, will be committing to share the good news with at least one person on Saturday. So... I want us to do that, and you can do it individually, but if you want to go out as a group, I'm, I'm open to that. I'm, if you need ideas, I, I have ideas. So, uh, you know, let's, let's talk afterward, and, and let's, let's participate in this, because we, we need to be bringing hope to the world. That's, that's part of our ministry of reconciliation. So... Uh, we put aside our prejudices, our personal biases, and we know that the kingdom of heaven is, is open to whoever will say yes. And then uh, we talked about learning and doing the ministry of Jesus, because that's a huge part of living out the theology of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, really, that the ministry of Jesus is the only ministry we were given. And, and the ministry of Jesus is one of reconciliation. It's one of healing. It's one of setting the captives free. Uh, every, and, and one of just speaking forth the gospel. And wherever Jesus went, he, he did all of those things. And, and we know that he said in Mark 16 that those who follow him would, would do the same. And, and, and there, there wasn't an asterisk or a phrase in parentheses that only until the apostles die. That's not in there. <laughs> uh, anyway, I won't go any farther into that. Uh, we, we've talked about that. So the next value that I, I want to talk about is a, a really critical one, I think. And it's, it's not number one, but it's it's a high value, and that is that the Bible is our authority for truth and life. Uh, I had a good friend who was a Southern Baptist missionary, and then he was the director of missions for Southeast Wyoming for a while. And, and Joy and I were on a team that planted a church with him after he got kicked out of the Southern Baptist denomination as he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, they, they really, 
They didn't want him to be spreading that around too much. But he used to say, if, if you have a church with the word but no spirit, it'll dry up. If you have a church with the spirit and no balance in the word, it'll blow up. And if you have a church that's balanced with the power and revelation of the Spirit and the truth and foundation of the Word, you'll grow up. And, and I believe that. And so we, that's what we try to be around here, is a church with, that demonstrates the power and the revelation of the Spirit, but grounded in, in the truth of, of the Word of God. You know, we, we believe and we embrace uh, prophetic ministry. But any time prophetic ministry is, is given, we, we test it. We, we test it against the foundational truth of, of Scripture, of, of the Word of God. And if something is, is given in a prophetic word that, that goes against uh, what's in the written word, then, then we reject it. At least that part of it. But we've got to question the rest because there, there was some kind of other spirit at work in, in that instance. So we, we want to be careful. We, we want to be like the Bereans and, and test what, what we hear. And, you know, this, um, <clears throat> this value, it, it's, it's been foundational to churches that have come forth from the Reformation since Martin Luther. And the Reformers, they embraced the idea of sola scriptura, the Latin, meaning Scripture alone is our source that we're going to judge everything else by. And that's, that's an important thing. So if, if we're going to use Scripture as our test of how to live, how to judge uh, spontaneous prophetic words, uh, then guess what? we got to know what's in here. And, and so uh, we really want everyone to, to be in uh, study of the Word regularly. Uh, you know, a number of years we've read through the Bible together in, in a year, and, and that's, that's a really good thing to do. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many years I, I've done that, but a number, and, and I don't know how many times I've, I've read through the whole Word of God, but quite a number. But yet, because of the power of the Holy Spirit and, and revelation, uh, every time I, I read the Word, there's something new there. Uh, because it, it is living and active. And that's, that's one of the scriptures that we use to support this value, Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen, that all Scripture is breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, <clears throat> our. Our beliefs, our doctrine, our practice is, is determined by Scripture. So as, as some churches change the message to fit culture, uh, <clears throat> there's, there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. And, and I think that's going to lead me into another value here. <laughs> I 
I'm going out of order, Joyce, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> and that, that value is, is being relevant to the culture. Because, you know, we, we can, that can be too high a value. Because if, if that value is above the Word of God, it can lead you to, to wrong doctrines, wrong beliefs, uh, wrong practice. So in the vineyard, we, we seek to be relevant to the culture, which means we're, we're not driven by culture, but we want to be understood by our culture. We, we want to be relevant to culture. And so this is behind the why of a lot of things that we do. For example, uh, the, <clears throat> the instrumentation that we use, the songs that we sing, um, there's, there's a reason behind that. Uh, if if I brought someone who had never been to church into a church that only sang hymns that had been around at least a couple hundred years, and the only instrumentation that they had was uh, a, a large pipe organ and possibly a piano, uh, <clears throat> and and the singing. While, while beautiful, you know, just sounded like something that they had no grid for, uh, it would be more difficult for that person to connect with what was going on than in this type of a structure. So that's why we use this structure. It's, it's not that there's anything wrong with pipe organs, there's nothing wrong with hymns that have been around a couple hundred years. Uh, we, we still sing some of those hymns, although we just sing them a little differently. Uh, we, and and I, I try very hard, most of the time successfully, I think, to, to not use a lot of churchy, Bible-only words in, in my teaching. Because if for those of us who grew up in the church and, and we we grew up understanding that language uh, of justification and sanctification and you know those those are important doctrines for for us to understand, but yet to use those words as though everyone understands what we're talking about uh, in in today's culture. Uh, that's just not going to work because people don't know what you're talking about if you just use those words without a lot of explanation. So <clears throat> the, the way I see it, and, and I think this has been the heart of, of the vineyard, is that every generation has a challenge to take the unchanging message of of the gospel of Jesus and communicate it in in such a way that it is understandable and relevant to the culture that we find ourselves in and and that that I think has been an apostolic calling for the last 2000 years to to figure out <laughs> Uh, a way to convey the message that that it will be understood and and hopefully received but like i said the message doesn't change it's it's only how we communicate it and you know we we understand today that there are some churches that are changing the message uh in a number of different ways, but uh, same-sex marriage is, is one of them, uh, and, and 
today, right now, it's, it's a critical issue. Uh, it's, it's probably the defining issue of the present day uh, as to what is the Orthodox Church and, and what churches are moving away from Orthodoxy. Because uh, to be Orthodox is to hold to the unchanging message of the apostolic gospel. And we, we want to be Orthodox. <laughs> we're, we're going to hold to the apostolic gospel. Even though we want to be relevant to the culture. So do you see a little bit of tension there? There, <laughs> there is a little bit of tension there. And, and that's an easy value for individuals, for churches to, uh, to get off track on, uh, especially as our, our culture uh, embraces more and more uh, things that are not right according to the Word of God, but we're, we're saying you have to accept them. Our culture is saying that. And, and so those in the church who are holding to the apostolic gospel are are going to be marginalized more and more in our culture. And, and probably not just marginalized, but actually persecuted. So, you know, we, we got to be ready for that. Jesus told us it was going to be like that. He said, hey, if, if they persecute me and if they hate me, they're, they're going to hate you and persecute you, too. But he also said, blessed are those who are persecuted. There's a little more, right? <laughs> Not just blessed are those who are persecuted, but blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Yeah. So if, if we're persecuted for holding on to the truth and speaking the truth and being uncompromising with that, then, then we will be blessed. And, and in fact, we are blessed. But like I said, I, I think we've got to be ready and, and prepared for that. Another thing, uh, another value that has been important in, in the vineyard is compassionate ministry, compassion ministries, uh, particularly ministry to the poor. Uh, it's something John Wimber started out with. Uh, he looked at it as, as one of the identifying ministries of, of a vineyard church to, to help the poor, to feed the hungry, and you know, almost without fail, since we launched as a church, there have been people that we have helped uh, with food, with housing, you know, with lots of, of different things. And <clears throat> a number of those people uh, no longer live here, but I still hear from them regularly and and that blesses me uh, a lot of you remember Ricky and Pam who had been here a few years ago and, and we helped them out and they they became pretty regular attenders of, of church and helped out with things and and then they moved to uh, Davenport Iowa and they were there for about three years and then they ended up back here, maybe a year, year and a half ago. And, you know, they, they jumped right back in. And, and we helped them get established again, get an apartment. And now they're out in California again. But I, I still hear from them. Uh, and a number of you remember uh, Teresa... Rhodes, Teresa and Emmanuel, uh, 
they, they shared a powerful testimony of God's work in their lives. Uh, Emmanuel's back in jail, uh, but Teresa is living in Fort Collins and going to the Fort Collins Vineyard. <laughs> and she has her driver's license again. <laughs> that was a big deal. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, the Lord has just put people in our path. When we were at the building downtown on 15th Street, we were in a lot of people's path. <laughs> Uh, for compassionate ministry. Uh, we're a little harder to find now, <laughs> but people are still finding us, and, and that's that's cool. And, you know, I, I don't think I've ever really talked about a, a couple of these things, but uh, when when we were on 4th Street, and I think it, well, it, it first happened when we were still on 15th Street, uh, we got over a period of maybe two years, probably more than a ton of ground antelope and wild game meat that we, we just gave away. <laughs> and at, at one point, or actually at a couple points, because we, we shared some of that with Salvation Army, and, and with St. Joseph's Catholic Church, because they have the biggest uh, food bank in town. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, a couple times, so much would come in that, I mean, we just, we had to give away hundreds of pounds. And uh, so, you know, the, the Lord has just blessed us in our desire to, to do this and uh, being able to. To do this. So, uh, if you remember um, the controversy with the Apostle Paul and, and some of the other apostles, uh, with the gospel going out to the Gentiles, there, there were just a few things that the other apostles wanted to make sure that Paul was teaching the Gentile believers and the because they, they finally decided that the Gentiles didn't have to be circumcised and you know follow all of, of the Jewish rules and, and regulations. But they didn't want them eating meat sacrificed to idols. They didn't want them consuming blood. And they wanted them to remember the poor. Now the... Remembering the poor is isn't in the the list in the book of Acts, but it's it's in the list in the book of Galatians. But anyway, it's the same discussion. So <clears throat> it's it's something that's on the heart of God to to help those who are in need and and to uh, to feed the hungry. And that <laughs> that probably moves us to to the last one, which isn't actually the last one, uh, <clears throat> but it's uh, the one I'm going to hit next. Oops, second to last one. Sorry. And that's the value of being generous. And. You know, this, uh, I, I will say that this, this has been a generous church since, since we launched. We, we've always had enough, and in fact, we, we've always had more than enough to do the things that God has called us to do. And, and that's because we're, we're a generous people. And I think... Most of you have heard the story about the 15th Street building, but uh, we, we had some promises of God that, that he was going to miraculously provide a building for us. And then we, we had a prophetic word that 
that we interpreted to be that we, we needed to be generous, exceedingly generous, to somebody who needed a building worse than we did. And that that would release God's provision. So we did that. We uh, gave a huge blessing to the Vineyard Church in Greeley. And at the, the same week, somebody else gave them exactly the same amount of money. And it paid for a bunch of damage that was done to their building and, and got them current with, with all their bills in, in one week. And they had been going through a hard time. And very shortly after that, the Lord led us to Gordon Campbell's building on 15th Street. <laughs> Jack, you should have been with me the first time we walked up those stairs. <laughs> All that second floor had ever been was uh, a grocery warehouse and then an electrical warehouse. And I, I mean, it was just uh, 10,000 square feet of open space. <laughs> and uh, we we put a lot of work into that, didn't we? <laughs> Uh, along with Jim and uh, a friend from Fort Collins, but we, we got in there. And, you know, I, I want you all to believe with me, to have faith with me. The Lord does have a place for us. He does. And it will be our home and there will be no contention. I Just this last week, I, I found a prophetic word that Joy and I got the year that we launched the vineyard, but it was months before we actually launched. And it was from the guy who was the, the overseer of prophetic ministry at IHOP. And... Uh, we didn't even know who he was at, at the time. But that's one of the things that he prayed and spoke over us, that the Lord would, would provide and that he would provide a place that would be like Isaac's third well. You know, Isaac's men, they, they dug a, a well that was great and it was flowing water and then the nearby guys said, hey, that's our well, you can't have that well. So his men went over here and they dug another well and same thing happened. <laughs> well, the third well they dug, there was no contention. It was, it was Isaac's well. And so, you know, as, as I have thought back over the last eight years, you know, we, we've not been anywhere where there was no contention. Because nearly, nearly every place we've been, we, we've shared it with somebody. Even when we were at the Y, there were a couple times when they had to use our space on a Sunday and, and we couldn't be there. And, and so really every... And, and when we were on 15th Street, you know, Gordon kind of had the, the trump card... <laughs> but whatever he wanted to do, uh, that's, that's what we would do. And, and I was okay with that, but there was just a little bit of contention there. Uh, and, and even here, there, there hasn't really been contention, but there's been the possibility <laughs> recently of, of contention. Uh, so... You know, I, I'm just asking you to pray in faith with me. Because this is the year of Jubilee. And we're believing that the Lord is, is going to make the enemy pay. Because he stole the 15th Street building from us. Most of you know Gordon had, had talked seriously with me about giving us that building. Uh, we even met with an attorney a couple times. Um, but he never got it done. 
There had to be a reason. <laughs> and the building we were in on 4th Street, a cult bought that building, so we had to move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Worldwide Church of God. Yeah. <laughs> so the enemy is going to have to pay. And uh, we're, we're asking the Lord, uh, you know, is, is there, do, do we have to sow more seed? Because, I mean, we're, we're ready to sow seed if, if he wants us to sow seed. If, if, if he says be generous with somebody who needs a building worse than we do, we're, we're all over it. <laughs> if, if we need to sow seed, we, we will sow seed. And, and this, this is a key part of our understanding in being generous, is 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 6. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so, <clears throat> when the Lord blesses us financially, we, we've got to have this understanding that, that he gives us resource as bread and as seed. There's some of what he gives us that he expects us to sow as seed. And if we only eat our seed, there's no sowing. And, and guess what? If there's no sowing, there's no reaping. I mean, that's just farming 101. <laughs> you, you plant no seed, there's no harvest. Uh, so, you know, uh, <clears throat> I, I think that's uh, <laughs> probably all I need to say about that one. Uh, but a lot of people want to use Philippians 4, uh, verse 18, or, or verse 19, without verse 18. Because everybody knows Philippians 4, 19, and my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You read that out of context when you don't include verse 18, which says, And I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. They, they had sown into Paul. So so Paul is is just speaking a blessing over them uh, about their future reaping. <laughs> that that my God sent you blessed me and, and you helped provide for my needs. So my God, who provides for all my needs, will will provide for all of your needs from his riches and glory. Okay. Let me see what I got left here. <laughs> now, this next one, a lot of you might not consider a valid value, especially for a church. <laughs> but I think it's, it's a good one to have as a core value. Fun. Uh, we we don't want to ever be irreverent, but we do want to dispel the myth <laughs> that church as a whole and Christians in general are dry and don't know how to have fun. Because <laughs> that is a myth. We're we're the ones who have the joy 
of the Lord. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So who's going to let the joy out? <laughs> All of us, right? Yes. And, and now we're understanding that we can let the joy out even without something funny to laugh about. In fact, when, when the enemy comes against us with something that, that would, would have normally in the past caused a, a different response, reaction from us, we can laugh at that, right? Ha, ha, ha. I mean, we can really laugh at that. Because with our laughing, we're saying, do you think I'm going to fall for that again? <laughs> and, and the answer is no. Uh, we're we're going to trust in the faithfulness of God. We're, we're going to believe in our living as though he's going to do what he has said. Yes, and, and so the Lord does have a place for us. And, and that place is, is going to have a prayer room that eventually will be 24-7. He's going to raise up the prayers. Because he's going to teach us how to birth things through prayer. And there's going to be more healing rooms than what we have volunteers for right now. <laughs> yeah. And there's going to be places to train adults with job skills. It's going to have an expression of the marketplace in it somehow. I don't know exactly what that looks like. It's going to have to have a commercial kitchen. And you know what? I'm, I'm not the least bit worried about how he's going to pay for it because he's going to. <laughs> Is the Lord giving anybody else any specifics right now as, as we're thinking about it? Because if so, I want to hear him. What's that? Safe electricity. That's that's a yeah, I like that one. <laughs> we we didn't have that on fifteenth street. <laughs> hmm. Mm hmm. Yes. Yep. Yep. Right, and that's... And it may be. <laughs> that worked for IHOP. Mm -hmm. and, and still does. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> a couple scripture passages related to the value of fun... Acts 13.52 And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and Galatians 6.1 It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again with a yoke of slavery or a yoke of bondage.
Okay, I think I'm down to the last one now. And that value is humility. We are learning to walk in humility. Not taking ourselves too seriously. We are all together being delivered from the condition of self-centeredness and serving one another is one of the best ways to show and, and learn humility. Uh, James chapter 4, starting in verse 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And 1 Peter 5, 5. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And there's, there's lots of other passages about humility. But we, we always want to be covered with God's grace. And we never want to be opposed <laughs> by God. So we choose to be a humble people. And one thing about being humble is it's, it's hard to offend somebody who's humble. When, when we're humble, we're hard to offend because we just let things go. And, and we think the best of people. And, you know, we, we didn't include love as a specific value, but it permeates all of them. Because we know that no matter what it is that we do for God... If, if it's not permeated with love, it, it's of no value. Uh, like Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, if, if I sell all I have and give it to the poor, but it's not out of love, it, it's not worth anything. If, if I have all prophetic revelation and understand all the mysteries, uh, but I don't have love. I'm, I'm a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And, and love and humility just work together. It's hard to really love without humility. So... I made it through. <laughs> so those are the values that, that define who we are. Uh, they, they don't make us the only church that's right. Because I, I don't believe we're the only church that's right. I don't know if any church is right. <laughs> None of us are completely right because we're all in process. But it does make us unique uh, that we we hold on to these values and and they they allow us to be effective in certain things. And and so um <clears throat> 
the, the Lord is doing something. Uh, he's, he's been in the process of promoting us for almost two years. And, and he's, he's been giving little, little bits and, and pieces of, of where he's going over that time period. But I, I believe he really wants us to become a people of prayer. Uh, because he, he wants a people who are really dedicated to knowing him and, and knowing what's on his heart. A people he can share his heart with and who will contend for the things that he wants. And and he's he's given us a vision for seeing the city of Cheyenne transformed. And and that's not going to happen through any great programs that we might come up with. It's it's going to happen through a people contending for it in prayer. And, and the Lord gave me this promise that was also back in 2007. Uh, and, and I believe this is for all of us. And, and the word was, contend for me, and I will contend for you. And that's, that's what he wants. He, he wants... He doesn't want individuals. He, he's got some individuals who are contending for what he wants. And he's contending for them. But he, he actually wants a, a people who will contend for what he wants. And he will contend for that people. And, and I'm... Uh, I'll just close with that that passage from Deuteronomy that that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro across the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are completely his and and that's what he wants uh, a people whose hearts are completely his. And he will have his way. We we can have faith that that he will do it. <laughs> so, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, we thank you for the hope of prophetic promises, prophetic words. And Lord, I, I thank you for the place that you have for us. I, I thank you that the enemy is, is going to have to pay seven times. Seven times two at least <laughs> for what he's stolen from us. And I, I thank you for the process that you've had us in, that it's been for our good. And uh, we, we just say we trust you. Because you're good, because you're faithful. And, and because you've told us things, you've shown us things that we have not yet seen. And so we wait on you. We contend for those things. And we say, yes, Lord, bring transformation to this city. Raise up a, a people of prayer right here 
we we say yes we we would be that people we'll draw near to you and and watch you draw near to us so we thank you we praise you we're we're a people of your presence a people of your kingdom a humble and generous people a compassionate reconciling people because you're making us that way <laughs> so have your way we thank you we bless you in Jesus name amen